the eye movement, desensitization and reprocessing, that is really helping a lot of people. As a patient and layperson, I'm curious just because of the name of it, mm-hmm. does eye movement have anything to do with any of it this? It does, actually. What they did before is put a finger out and have you watch the finger. There's different ways to do it now. There's bilateral stimulation, they call it. It's very interesting. I know Brian's See, the like comedian in me <laughs> I know, he's automatically to wants to say, funny. that's not my finger. <laughs> And welcome back to another episode of Coping on the Couch with Courtney and Brian. I am a licensed therapist, and Brian is someone who's been through the journey of counseling, and you did get a lot from it. I most certainly did. I know you benefited a lot. I could probably use some more. (laughs) You need to pop in again. You know what? You're already on the couch, Brian. That's right. So I thought today we might talk about trauma, because this has been something that we talk a lot about, but sometimes it's hard to kind of define. It's basically the emotional response that we have to a stressful event. But when people think of trauma, sometimes they judge themselves. And they say, you know what, I've been through things, but it's not that traumatic, but they're going through some rough stuff. It's not just about people who have been through disasters or war or battlefields and that kind of thing. It's also people who have been through some abusive situations, violence, maybe even divorces and losses. There's a lot of ways that we have a trauma response to things in our lives. And I think it's important to take some time to kind of look at that. And it's really interesting that there's different trauma is not just about what happens to the individual. They're also talking about collectively as groups. Of course, we see racial trauma. We also see trauma that affects the community. We are having collective trauma right now through the pandemic. They also talk about generational trauma, which is passed through families, through our ancestry. Some people might even say certain presidential administrations. Mm -hmm. (laughs) There's trauma. Yeah, it's very Take a look at social media. It's everywhere. Oh, yes. We can get traumatized by that, too. Yeah, so I thought it was important to kind of shed a light on this because sometimes people maybe minimize what they've gone through and it may be important for them to get some help and support around it because maybe they're not realizing to the degree that something is affecting them. Maybe they're feeling very anxious and hypervigilant. They're feeling like, okay, well, this is just something I have to deal with. Well, if you get into counseling, get some support, it may actually help you. Having been through trauma myself, Mm -hmm. this is where, especially if you were in somebody's life who you suspect might be going through that, you need to be very vigilant in relation to them because I think the knee jerk when something really bad happens, Mm -hmm. and I've mentioned it many times before, a good friend of mine and mentor who was involved in a murder-suicide, he was on the murder end of Mm. that. It became the kind of thing, and I didn't get help at the time, where I was telling myself, I'll be fine. I can handle this. But not only that, I think subconsciously what I was telling myself was, I don't want to talk about this. Mm -hmm. I don't want to have to dredge this back up. I don't want to have to revisit it. And part of the therapy process, we've said it about everything, whether it's divorce, I've had one of those too, Mm -hmm. a miscarriage, a job loss, I've had all of that stuff. Mm -hmm. Every single time, it's the kind of thing where it hurts more before it gets better. Mm -hmm. And if you go into it knowing that and bracing yourself for that, hopefully that can help you do that. But sometimes that's enough to scare people away. Of course. And we totally get that. And sometimes when I have people coming into the office, especially if they have multiple traumas and there's complex trauma, it's one of those things where I say, let's take it on your time. You tell me, because a lot of this stuff has happened to them that they had no control over. So really the therapist office is where you get your control back, that you get to set the pace. And so if they talk about something and then there's something else that they don't want to go to, 
I just want everyone to know that it's not that we're going to sit there and shine a light at you and say, you have to talk about these things. But I think the work begins when you start to be honest about how this is affecting your life, some of the traumas that you've gone through, and we can help with some tools to help you to feel better. But also you establish that trust. And after a while, like you said, you're willing to open up knowing that it's not going to feel so good opening up sometimes, but that you will get that relief from having more of a support team around you and also some healing around that too. And in my ideal therapy sessions and when I found the perfect therapist, the thing that really made me feel comfortable, and perhaps this is something that you can look for too, Mm -hmm. if you feel as if you have experienced trauma, go to somebody who is going to more than anything ask you questions about it, where you will say something about what happened and they'll say, well, how does that make you feel? Mm -hmm. And then you say that and they say, well, why do you think you feel that way? Mm -hmm. And then they say, well, what is the byproduct of that feeling occurring? Mm -hmm. How do you try to handle it? So that way you're not being judged. You're being interrogated and you're being forced to look inward and Mm -hmm. answer those questions yourself. And the more questions that get asked, it's like another shovel full of dirt that's coming out of this giant hole Mm -hmm. that has already sort of been dug by you, filled back in by you because you don't want to deal with it. And then you have to go all the way back down to the bottom again Mm -hmm. to try to get the answers. But it's very difficult, as we always say, to try to do that yourself because you are in such a state of mind. You're in shock in some of these situations. You don't know what the right questions to ask are. Mm -hmm. You don't know what the right thoughts to have are. That's where a professional comes in. Right. And when you have those thoughts and you let them know everything that's going on, you feel they can normalize that for you and say, yes, people who have been through trauma, this is a normal reaction, even though it doesn't feel normal. It's like your body's just trying to protect you, trying to keep you safe, but it's making you very anxious and hypervigilant. And in that approach, too, you don't feel as much as if you are under a microscope Mm -hmm. because it's all inward and it feels like you're kind of owning it and you're in control in a lot of ways, Mm -hmm. even though I wouldn't say you're 100% in control, but it's definitely a team effort. There's a back and forth that is going on. And when you find that chemistry, that's going to be the big first step to getting better. Now, if you go in and it's not going that way, and again, I've talked about having been with a subpar therapist who made statements. This is while I was going through my divorce and was very judgmental and said things to me that were confrontational in nature. Very early on in the therapy process, I didn't know that this was the way that it wasn't supposed to go. And I stuck with it for a while. And I think it almost did some damage. If you start to feel like you're having that feeling, you don't want to add on to the trauma that you already have. And that's when it's time to either say to that therapist, look, I think I might need somebody else. Mm -hmm. And if that therapist doesn't seem open to it, because sometimes you might run into that too. And I'm not saying that to disparage your industry at all, Courtney. I'm just saying, like in any walk of life, there Mm -hmm. are some people who are really, really good at what they do and some people who aren't quite as good. At that point, maybe you just need to shut it down and then see if you can go somewhere else. Or maybe talk to somebody you know who's been through therapy who can recommend Mm -hmm. a therapist. Absolutely. We don't want to re-traumatize people. 
people by, like you said, not having a good fit, a good match for someone. I would say when you look to go to a therapist, look for someone who specializes in trauma. They're going to probably use some cognitive behavioral therapy. Right now, EMDR, which is the eye movement, desensitization and reprocessing, that is really helping a lot of people. It's been well-researched and documented, but you what have is to that find... exactly? Well, you have to find someone who specializes in that. I've taken classes in it, but you have to find someone who specializes. Basically, what you're doing is you're reprocessing. These traumatic memories that we have, when people have PTSD especially, which is when it gets very heightened and it goes on for a while and it starts to interfere with your functioning and you're feeling overwhelmed, you're having difficulty sleeping, you're hypervigilant. When this goes on for a long while, and also you're having flashbacks and panic attacks and that kind of thing, using something like the EMDR can be very helpful. And what it does is those memories get stuck. So how it was always described to me is that when you go through something traumatic, the event does not turn into a memory that you can just reference and say, oh, that happened to me, but not have as much of an emotional charge. When you have PTSD, you are remembering that memory, but you all of a sudden get sucked into it, like as though it's happening right now. Mm -hmm. You're feeling all the feelings. You're getting lost in it, and you need to ground yourself because it's very scary. So what happens is the memory gets stuck. So with EMDR, what it does is it helps to reprocess that memory so it gets out of that part of the brain where it's stuck. Then it's able to be exposed to other ways of thinking, other perspectives on it, more healthy ways so that you can process that memory. And what it does is it helps to bring that emotional charge down so that you no longer will have PTSD. You will have that memory. You may not like the memory, but you can cope with it and it won't bring you into that really scary place of having flashbacks. As a patient and layperson, I'm curious just because of the name of it, mm-hmm. does eye movement have anything to do with any of it this? It does, actually. What they did before is put a finger out and have you watch the finger. There's different ways to do it now. There's bilateral stimulation, they call it. It's even like you can tap your legs. It's very interesting. I know Brian's See, the like comedian in me <laughs> I know, he's automatically wants to say, funny. that's not my finger. <laughs> he really wants to say something funny. But the bilateral stimulation helps to get both parts of the brain going. So okay. it's very interesting, all of the science behind it and how they kind of discovered this. But I think that this is something I have referred people to specialists with EMDR, and it's something that I hope to learn more about. Like I said, I have a basic knowledge of it, but I would not take clients on and do EMDR. But this is something that's really getting big because you don't have to go through every memory. What you do is you reprocess a few of them. You can do this, and that actually helps people to no longer be diagnosed with PTSD. For EMDR, I'm about to turn 51. Should I bring my readers? Right. <laughs> Just in case you can't see the finger moving. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Brian, at 51, bring your binoculars. <laughs> I actually read an article the other day that there's another technique that they're using to help people so that there's less of a charge to the memory and that they can actually manipulate memory in a way so that it can help people to not have such an emotional charge. Because that's what it is. Is like if you keep having that emotional charge and it brings you into that place where you're having flashbacks and you can't function in your world, that's where the real problem is. So if we can help our brain to heal itself, then we can really move forward. Having been traumatized to certain degrees in my own life Mm -hmm. where I've just completely shut down and I'm basically a zombie, it's the kind of thing where I'm not in a position to get help. Mm -hmm. I'm not really even in a position for other people to talk to me about it. What do you recommend for people who love that person Mm -hmm. in relation to how they need to approach all of this? Well, being very gentle, being very empathetic, understanding 
from where they're coming from. If you talk to someone and they start talking to you about their trauma, just giving them a space for that. And if you don't know how to respond, you can be honest and say, wow, I don't know what to say to that, but I'm so honored that you would talk to me about that. Establishing that trust and giving them that comfort. But it is a good idea to offer to help them to get some professional help around it. But I wouldn't say immediately. Like I wouldn't Mm -hmm. say as soon as they start to talk to you about something to say, oh, well, you need to get some help around that. No, you need to help them to be able to be in a place where they're comfortable and accepted for saying what they're saying. But if you're really concerned about somebody, planting those seeds, having little conversations, just talk to them about how much you care about them. Maybe point to some resources online. We do have some resources for PTSD on our Wellness Wednesday page at catcountry.com, but there's tons of them out there and you can connect them to that and some supports. In that way, maybe just gently suggesting that and also normalizing that when people go through trauma, this can be a normal way that your body and your mind will react because it's trying to sort through all of this stuff, normalizing it in that way too, but definitely suggesting some help when they're open to that. I want to know how you can get through to this person. And we have discussed this in the past where I went through multiple traumas back to back to back. Mm. And a therapist eventually said to me, it's as if you're out in the middle of the ocean, you get pushed down by a wave, you swim back up, another one comes, you Mm -hmm. swim back up, another one comes. At some point you want to give up. And I was watching, of all things, Restaurant Impossible. This was just last night as we taped this morning. And there was this guy who owned a restaurant who had taken it over from his dad. And it was very successful at first. And then his mom passed. And Mm -hmm. he was really, really upset about that. And then he hired a guy to sing at the restaurant. That guy stole his wife away from him. She divorced him. So then he had to deal with that. Then there was an electrical fire at his house. His house burned down. He's responsible for his three kids. He's promising them he's going to rebuild the house. He's becoming so overwhelmed by Mm -hmm. all of this. His restaurant goes $200,000 into debt. He is so buried at this point, he doesn't know what to do to get out. It was Robert Irvine to the rescue, incidentally, if you want to see the episode of Restaurant Impossible. And it was a really good one. And I really felt for this guy. And he just Mm -hmm. seemed like such a good and decent guy who a lot of really bad things were happening to. How do you deal with somebody like that who is maybe at the point where, and he hadn't given up. He was looking for help. But there are a lot of people who are going to say, look, I'm cursed. This is who I am. Mm -hmm. This is what's going to happen. There's nothing that you can do to help me. I don't want to hear it. How do you get through to a person like that? Well, I've had many people come through, too, who have had multiple issues ongoing of very traumatic events. And just giving them that space, because initially you have to meet them where they are. You can't come in and say, well, we're going to change this and we're going to do this. What you do is you offer hope. Sometimes I'll tell them, I'll hold the hope until you're ready to take it. You just keep coming to see me. You just provide that space, calming support, that friendly ear, and just keep talking to them and helping them, giving them empathy until they're ready to start to see options. Now, we've talked about options where sometimes just medication just for a little while while people are going through all these things. I've talked to clients about, listen, I know you don't want to be on it forever, but right now you're having so many life stressors that it would be helpful. Let's use all the tools that we can for now. And then we can teach tools actually to help people to ground them to stay in the moment so that they're not going too far out with all these other traumas that are happening to try to help them stay moment by moment until they can get their bearings. And again, that was when I used medication when I was mm-hmm. at my worst. And for people 
who are afraid of being on a medication, it doesn't necessarily mean that it's a forever thing. Right, I'm right. not on any medication right now, mm-hmm. but that was the first step before I could even talk to anybody. And again, it didn't make me euphoric, but it got me to a point where I was at least kind of numb to things right. and could talk. <laughs> Whereas before, right. I was just so preoccupied in that zombie-like mm-hmm. state. I didn't know whether I was coming or going, never mind trying to verbalize where I was emotionally. That's where it can be helpful, especially when things are coming at people left and right. The other thing that I like to remind people of, too, is post-traumatic growth. We never want to have to go through all these traumas, but we want to pull something out of that. And what research is showing is that people who get through traumas, a lot of times they develop more of an appreciation for life. They have deeper relationships. They're able to get through things. They understand how much strength that they have and the resiliency. And I think those are really positive things. For example, the gentleman that you were talking about, I can only imagine, but that if he can sit with that and say, okay, I got through this, look how strong I am. I have my supports. Then coming out of it on the other side, you can actually be stronger. You can look at life differently. It may help you to get through any other challenges that you have down the road. And sometimes I think to give yourself perspective, Mm -hmm. you almost need to seek out examples like that to make yourself not feel so alone. Mm -hmm. Because as soon as I saw this guy on this episode, I just became so empathetic. And since I've come out the other side, if I knew him personally, I'd be falling all over myself to try to help this guy and tell this guy, look, I got through this. You can get through Mm -hmm. it too. We have so many ways to contact people now. That is easier than ever. Of course, you have to get to that point where you're motivated enough to do so. But instead of doing the Eeyore thing, woe is me, it's never going to get better. Mm -hmm. I have the worst life of anyone in the history of humankind. It's very easy to get to that place when you're getting hit that hard that often. Take a look around and maybe talk to somebody who can sympathize and empathize. Two things I wanted to say to that point. For counseling, it's very important to get into getting that support can be very helpful to actually head off PTSD because you may be feeling the effects of trauma. If you have enough supports around you and utilize some coping, that can be very helpful for moving you ahead so that you don't get saddled with having PTSD and having that clinical diagnosis. So that's been shown to really be helpful if you can get all of your supports around you. The other thing is what you said, it's kind of like looking for inspirational stories. Mm -hmm. People who have had a hard time, gone through hard things, a lot of times that can be very grounding and helpful to us to know, oh my gosh, life's not just dishing this out to me right now. This is actually what happens in life. And what did people do to get through it? And also that it's normal to feel horrible about it. Like you said, sometimes it catastrophize and say, oh my gosh, I want to give up. That is normal. But what can I do to find my strength to get through this? What resources do I need? And sometimes just knowing that somebody else got through it, it can really make you feel a lot better. And on the flip side, be careful of this, because I remember when I was at rock bottom, Mm -hmm. I would look to forms of entertainment to make myself feel better. Mm -hmm. And I would turn on a Patriots game and I'd say... Look at that Tom Brady and how <laughs> handsome he is and all those Super Bowl rings and the supermodel oh. wife and, and yeah, all the gonna say, money he's, he's making. And look at my life by comparison. <laughs> right. It is so absurd to compare mm-hmm. yourself to that point zero 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 one percent of the population who is in his position right. Right. when people in your position are a lot more common. Mm-hmm. But sometimes when you're not thinking of straight, course, of course. you don't think that way. And that's the other thing, too. The 
perspective. And sometimes having a therapist or having somebody that can help kind of ground you can bring you back and say, hey, wait a minute, is that helpful to do that? You're comparing yourself to someone that's an enigma. <laughs> and when Tom Brady feels down, he looks to me and says, well, thank God I'm not done. <laughs> we kind of have a thing going on. Oh, you and Tom. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I got you. He's In your head, I'm helping him. <laughs> <laughs> you and Tom. One other thing I just wanted to mention, for people who have gone through trauma maybe early on in life, sometimes what they tell me is, and I thought this was an interesting phenomenon, they'll say to me when they come see me years later, I really thought I got through that. I didn't think about it for years. So why is it popping up now? And I just want to mention to people, if this has happened to you where you've gone through something and you didn't think about it for years, it is normal that sometimes it will pop back up and your brain is trying to make some conclusions and do some problem solving and get some healing. Because what happens is a lot of times we may get involved with families and we're busy and we're working and we're doing all these things. But then in our toxic 40s, productivity, 50s, Courtney, well, what <laughs> we just, talked about last we week, we did talk about that last week, but also they get involved with life, right? Mm-hmm. We're just busy. We're doing all these things. So the memories might be at bay. You're raising kids. You're running around. You're here. They're everywhere. But then when you start getting older, maybe you're in your 40s, your 50s, the kids are up and out of the house. You're not as busy. Sometimes some of the trauma from younger years will come back into your mind because your brain may be looking for some healing and some resolve and some problem solving around this and trying to make sense of it. And so people would come to see me and they're like, why is this happening to me now? So I just want to normalize that for people if this does happen happen to you. The other thing, too, is if we have kids that come to an age where maybe we suffered through some issues or abuse, that can be a reminder to us. And so sometimes that re-triggers some of our traumatic memories. So I just want to remind people that if you've gone through stuff and you've made it to the other side and you're doing great, that's awesome. But if it does happen to come back up again, there is no shame in trying to get some help around that. And it can be very normal that it can come back up years later when you're settled and you're not as busy and you're not as distracted. The brain always remembers. As they say, the body always remembers the trauma and things can come back up again. Well, how many times have we said it before? Most of your personality is established when you are the most impressionable, Mm -hmm. and that is at a very young age. And when something bothers you at a young age or even as you get older, just because you've shoved it down and said Mm -hmm. to yourself, well, I'm not thinking about that anymore, doesn't mean that it's not in the subconscious somewhere. And it is going to pop back up. And that's what the therapy experience is all about, Mm -hmm. because you'll be telling yourself, well, I thought I dealt with that. And you didn't deal with it. You just stopped thinking about it. You forced yourself. Mm -hmm. You compartmentalize something in an unhealthy way. But the problem is Mm -hmm. it just starts to grow and grow and grow until it bursts out of that box. But I also have to tell you, it's not always unhealthy, Brian, because we have to function, right? So if we get married and have kids and we're busy working all this stuff, it's actually healthy that our Mm -hmm. brain, quote unquote, forgets about it for a while because we have stuff to do. I was going to say another word, but we got stuff to do. And that's how I describe it to my clients is that we're busy. We got other things to do. Then later on, the brain may say, huh, I'm trying to make sense of my life. I'm in my 50s. I'm looking back at things and things start coming up. And I know that's happened to me where I go, where is this coming from? Why is this getting triggered? I really do think that our brain is trying to take stock of everything in our lives. And sometimes that comes up. Like I said, I just want to remind people to get some support around that. And I just want to say, too, that's why I make the distinction. There is healthy compartmentalizing Mm -hmm. and then there is unhealthy. And if you're trying to put a lock on a compartment that just won't stay shut. Mm -hmm. That's when you really have to take a step back and say, okay, well, maybe I don't have this in a good place and maybe I do need to take a closer Mm -hmm. look at this. So, boy, a lot covered here today. I will tell you what, I don't know how we do it every week or how you do it. I just sit here and make wise remarks. (laughs) No, Brian, see, I can tell you got a lot out of 
physiotherapy, you have a lot that you have integrated and that you've been able to articulate. So I give you a lot of credit. I know you hate it when people give you credit. <laughs> and when they point the light at you, I know you hate it, but I'm going to do well, it. Well, I will always say this. Every lesson I've learned has come from something going wrong. Mm-hmm. If your life is like that Tom Brady's, don't get me started on him again. <laughs> Does he learn any lessons? Everything His life is perfect. perfect all the time. There's no room for growth because you don't need to grow. Right, right. And to fall down and pick yourself back mm-hmm. up, it's like treating a physical wound the right way. I say it all the time. If you skin your knee as a kid and you just continue to run around and let the dirt get in there and you don't clean it, you don't put the bacitracin on there on the Band-Aid, it's mm-hmm. not going to heal. Right. And it's the same thing with not treating your mental wounds mm-hmm. properly. Right. You know what? You need to clean it up a little bit. You need to put the mental bacitracin yes. on and the mental Band-Aid. And you can heal. Mm-hmm. Yes, you can. Well, and can. actually, when you give yourself all of these advantages of the support and learning coping, your brain and your body knows what to do to try to heal this. You need to give it some self-care. You need to give it some time and some attention. You can do a lot more than you think you can. Mm-hmm. That is really the bottom yeah. line. It would blow your mind to realize some yeah. of the things that you can accomplish that you think that you can. Yeah. Right, Tom Brain? <laughs> I'm still really upset about this Buccaneers thing. I can't let it go. So in the meantime, don't bother talking to me. If you want to talk to somebody who's going to set you straight, that would be Courtney. How can they get in touch with you, You can always shoot me an email, wellness at wctk.com. And like I said, we have resources up at the Wellness Wednesday page. You can listen up to previous episodes, too, catcountry.com. Don't forget, we're up on socials as well, at Cat Country Mornings and a lot of spots. We also have personal pages, Brian Mulhern, Courtney Kelly, Courtney Kelly Bedard. You can hear us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Libsyn. The most important thing you can do, especially coming off of this episode, if Mm -hmm. you know somebody who has experienced trauma Mm -hmm. and they are very reluctant to get into the therapy world, but they have it in them to listen to a podcast, send them this way. Mm -hmm. This is why we do this. We don't do this for fun. We don't do this for money yet. (laughs) Hopefully. (laughs) Knock on wood on that one. But we do this to help people because obviously it's a great passion for us Mm -hmm. in two different directions. You professionally and me personally, Mm -hmm. and I'm sure you also have the personal end of that as well. So Mm -hmm. we have your best interests at heart and your loved ones as well until episode 48. Mm -hmm. Courtney, I think we've done it again. I want to thank everybody for listening to Coping on the Couch with Courtney and Brian. Thank you. I want to 